Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It turns out Ratwurst is just a big pyramid scheme. You're not learning anything. <laughs> it's, it's all made Something's up. Something's off here. It smells like brown wind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the jam. Come on and slam. Uh, listen to the Space Jam. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me today is... Hey, you. What you gonna do? It's James. And? And Peter. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's Peter <laughs> down here. Space Jam 2 looks like crap. I, I haven't seen the movie. Uh, Pete's really upset about the Lola Bunny uh, incident, but... Um, <laughs> I'm just saying they should have they should have moved the fat from her chest to her thighs yeah, instead yeah. of disposing of it. Right now yeah. it's in like a biological waste dump somewhere, probably like you know under a turnpike or whatever. Highly the LB, the LB and Lore Boys was actually originally a uh, Lola Bunny, an homage to yeah, <laughs> Lola Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had discussed our favorite like deviant art to jerk off to when we got together at that bar <laughs> to discuss this show. Yeah, and everybody on three, ready. One, yeah. two, One, two, three, three. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog without shoes was my choice originally, but <laughs> yeah. But what are we talking about now, Ethan? It's not Lola Bunny. Uh, yeah, no, we're not talking about Lola Bunny. We're not talking about Space Jam because we haven't seen the movie in so long, even though I listen to the soundtrack every day of my life. Um, no, this one's a request from a couple people on the Discord, uh, so if you guys want to suggest a topic to us, you can do so. Uh, this one comes specifically from a couple people, Han Dolo and Captain Willie among them, so shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. The viewers at home, you guys know what this episode is about because of the title, uh, but Peter and Jamie don't, so I'm just vamping and, and letting them stew in it for a bit. Uh, now we're, we're going to open with a quote, um... And I'll, I'll, let you, I'll give you guys a guess uh, on what we're talking about based on the quote, or just based on what the quote's from. And then I'll give you guys another guess after the second quote. And if you can't get it at that time, then there's no help in you. Yeah, show's over, and you're not going to understand anything after that. Your input is worthless. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is a translation from the Tilian tale, The Doom of Kavzar, also called The Curse of Thirteen. Any guesses? Um, are we supposed to be able to guess already? <laughs> no, I, like I said, the first one was going to be completely blind, and then once you actually hear the quote, I'd be surprised if you couldn't get it. But uh, okay. I, I don't recognize Cavzar or anything like that. The one, I, the one thing that if you, go ahead. I think it's going to be Skaven. Okay, but that's only because we played this weekend. You're like, I want to do Skaven. <laughs> so if the quote is a bunch of squeaking and yes. feral noises, then it might be. Skaven. I just got to play an excerpt from uh, the Emperor's New Groove where uh, Kronk is talking to uh, the squirrels. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Squeaker, squeaky. <laughs> Squeakin', squeakity, squeak. The one, the, one, <laughs> the one bit of the title, which, I mean, if you know the lore, you might know 
who the Talayan are, you might know the Doom of Calves are. If you know specifically who we're talking about, you might know Curse of the Thirteen, uh, or the Curse of Thirteen. So the quote says, Stealing themselves the pitiful remnants of the city's once proud populace descended. In the ancient halls of kingship they found the dwarfs, now naught but gnawed bones and scraps of cloth. And there they saw by the dying light of their torches the myriad eyes about them, glittering like liquid midnight as the rats closed in for the kill. The manlings stood back to back and fought for their lives, but against such implacable ferocity and countless numbers of the verminous horde, their weapons were useless. The tide of monstrous rats flowed over them one by one, dragging them down to be torn apart, the yellow chisel teeth sinking into their soft flesh, the dark-furred mass drowning their pitiful screams with their hideous chittering. Oh, it's Elspeth, part 14. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you got it. It's it's this Gaven, the, the rat folk from uh, Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer Age of Sigmar. I thought we were finally doing the like mole men of the New York subway lore that uh, <laughs> had been suggested to us like eons ago. Long overdue. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's cool. We've all been playing Vermintide together, so this is it'll be a cool one to, to tie that in. Yeah, yeah, that game whips ass. They, we've all been playing Vermintide together, and the Total War Warhammer Three trailer came out, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And they're my favorite race in Warhammer Two. So that quote specifically, uh, it's the Doom of Kavzar, also called the Curse of Thirteen. Um, the the Thirteen is a significant number in Skaven lore, uh, as it pertains to their god. That's why I said that's one. If you specifically know lore about the Skaven, you might have guessed Curse of Thirteen Skaven. Uh, Jamie guessed it because I don't remember, but apparently told him this weekend that I was going to do this. So uh, <laughs> he's an incredibly intelligent and observant person. I've always said so. Yeah. You know, the Curse of 13, it sounds a lot scarier than the Curse of the Baker's Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> you, they always give you an extra rat, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know the guy. It's it's all good. I know. He'll give you a couple extra rats in your, in, in your, in your dozen. <laughs> uh, the quote itself, the... Uh, Fake quote is uh, literally quoted from the uh, Warhammer Army's Skaven 7th edition book. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about them today. They're in Age of Sigmar. They're in classic fantasy. We've done a three-parter on the Age of Sigmar and how uh, traditional Warhammer fantasy world kind of uh, evolved to become the Age of Sigmar world. Uh, I don't distinguish them. In, in this at all. We're not talking so much uh, places, dates. I mean, we talk a bit about places, but no like dates, historical events, stuff like that. Kind of just broad strokes who the Skaven are. So I don't distinguish between Age of Sigmar and uh, Warhammer Fantasy at all. Um, if you want to know more about the difference between the two, go back and listen to our Sigmar episodes. Uh, there is one fun bit of trivia uh, that pertains to the... Um, to the Skaven, which I'll probably release on Patreon uh, as a, the bonus trivia for our patrons. Um, Ooh. So if you're interested in in getting that that good, good bonus lore, uh, make sure to head out there and support us, or just, I don't know, send me a message on Discord saying you're interested, and I'll probably just tell you there. Uh, Pony up. <laughs> We're not that extra rat's not free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lore Boys is now owned by Activision, and it is pay to win. So. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> pay to yeah. lore. Uh, so these... if you bitch enough, we'll just change it back to the original price and then pretend like we did good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Skaven, also known as Ratmen, Ratkin, or Children of the Horned Rat, are an unceasing tide of rat people. Uh, Jamie's familiar with them, and Peter's familiar with them from the Vermintide games. I believe Jamie's played uh, Total War Warhammer 2. I don't know if he ever played as the Skaven, but maybe he would have played against I... them. 
I played uh, for only a couple turns, and I got overwhelmed by all the systems, and I never opened it again. <laughs> so I don't they're, really remember. They're also particularly weak in the early game, and you just end up losing like your first five combats, like pretty much guaranteed, yeah. and then you you eventually get stronger and stronger. But it's a lot of running from people for the first little bit of the campaign. And I think early. I think I played dwarves. Like I wanted to play something slow and steady, yeah. uh, kind of thing. Anyways. Yeah, the tortoise and the dwarf is a classic children's <laughs> tale. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm familiar with the mechanics in the game because I watched like a this YouTuber called Mandalore do a very long form Warhammer review. So the Skaven eventually like ramp up. They have like some sort of like green fire powered. Yep. technology right yes well we'll get into exactly what that green firepower technology is eventually yeah. but um because in the game too there's you know there's like the the fire rat or whatever that has like just a big tank of green fire on his back and if you hit him there he dies and then something the makes the rat ogres very buff or whatever yeah. right yeah, yeah those so green the, tornadoes too probably the, have something to do with no it. the green tornadoes i mean related in the fact that they're green but those are actually um uh, chaos chaos knights that uh, those sorcerers are hmm. of chaos not of skaven what about a blade of grass skaven or yeah. chaos yeah the blade of grass okay. is skaven and you'll see why because skaven live underground and grass comes from underground green, green grapes and red grapes <laughs> red, red grapes are elven and green grapes are chaos okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Skaven, for, for the uninitiated, are malicious, cruel, treacherous, uh, and a very numerous species uh, that has spread their corruption and filth across the Warhammer world. Deep below the ground, they build their empire from the runes and scavenge of other races. Their military prowess and sheer numbers constantly threaten to drown the surface world beneath a tide of violence and anarchy. Their Kind of similar to the orcs in that uh, they'd probably be a lot more effective if they were more willing to cooperate and work together. Like, they'd probably be unstoppable. Um, but it's the maybe the very nature of them being treacherous and so backstabby that makes them want to take over the world in the first place, right? Oh, it's, uh. it's, it's, it, trust no one, not even yourself. Basically, that meme of just like a rat man pointing a gun at his own back. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. I always picture them as more of a hive mind. That's interesting. They, they turn on each other like that. I yeah. think they're kind of more like manipulative, like kind of cartoon rats. Like, uh, let's 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 talk about a, a Disney flop for a second here, sure. which is top tier. The Great Mouse Detective, Professor okay. Radigan. Okay, very scheming, very treacherous. Right, yeah. like throws his own men under the bus, you know, at a moment's notice. Dumps his, dumps that bat out, you know, to make his hot air balloon go higher. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, kind of like kind of like Peter says. I'd almost say they're like hyper individualistic uh as opposed to hive mind because they're every single rat is out for themselves um barring you know the the bare minimum which they know they have to pay to uh their god the the horned one the horned rat so okay now um, are there rat rats do they like sell each other out to the cops too yeah ab absolutely they would <laughs> okay. um like magic teachers if there's like a, a wizard rat uh, and he knows for the good of the Skaven, for the good of the clan, he has to train new new wizards, basically, right? Like, he has to teach them the ways of magic. Uh, he will um, specifically try and, like, foster mistrust between his students so that they're preoccupied, you know, fucking each other over, and nobody tries to kill him once they've learned enough power, essentially. Oh so <laughs> they're, they're, they're extremely skeeving, extremely Professor Radigan, Um 
always trying to get one up on everybody else. And, and Skaven, I mean, a lot like us, believe themselves individually and as a whole, as the rat people, to be superior to everyone else in every way. Okay, tenting their hairless little fingers like exactly. this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eating like weak old cheese in a ditch is so yeah, so, yeah, so, so much better than us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just wait until somebody puts peanut butter in a trap, then they're all over it, huh? <laughs> uh, so the, the peanut butter catapults in Warhammer are like really, really break the game because yeah, the, yeah. the formations all fall apart. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, the, this kind of belief that they're better than everybody. It, naturally leads them to think that, that everything should be theirs, right? Like, they, they do have world domination in their in their sights. Um, of course, they, they have a god. Um, but, but what could inspire such unwavering faith in a rat, right? Um, it's horns, isn't it? It's, it's horns, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So <laughs> okay. their, their god is known as the horned rat, um, also known as the lord of the world below and the underfather. Uh, he's the supreme god of the Skaven, and he brooks no other gods before him. So he, where are the four gods of chaos, uh, Slanes, Sinch, uh, Nurgle, and Korn, you know, kind, will will tolerate each other to some extent. Uh, he, he doesn't tolerate them. It's thought by a lot of people that he's kind of like some version of a chaos god, just not one of the four main ones, but he really refuses to work with anybody else. Is he like just a demon, or is he a, like a legit god or demigod is a legit god for sure he's okay he's okay. De described as timeless but i will get into it in a sec um the god uh also has 13 secret names uh which are known only to his priest class called the gray seers those are the, the okay. priests of the the skaven factions uh the horn rat is uh is all things that skaven are Though, when asking which came first, dirty rats or their dirty rat god, surely it was <laughs> the god. Um, undying and eternally scheming, this cunning deity patiently awaits the day of the great ascendancy when his children will, will swarm across the face of the world, devouring it from within. Um, in the Total War Warhammer 2 Vortex campaign, you're basically trying to bring that about, uh, and you're trying to harness the powers of this thing called the Vortex to summon forth your god, to create a giant bell that will summon your god uh to this realm and then you and your skaven brothers will uh overcome the, the rest of the races of the surface oh i remember this getting mentioned in the vermintide 2 tutorial probably him it's like the setup it's all sounding it's all sounding very familiar that i, I think i played the beginning of that game with bobby very drunk so <laughs> there's there's a lot of bells with the skaven there's a lot of uh horns with the skaven and there's a lot of rats with the skaven I just looked up the horned rat, and he looks pretty damn cool. He's yeah, got these big old twisted horns. I mean, he's got like the green triangle on his forehead that looks like the Vermintide uh, that, logo. That's the oh, that's yeah. the symbol of the Skaven, essentially, okay. uh, and it, it's derived from him. Um, it's an abstracted slice of uh, Subway pizza that it's tattooed on his forehead. He didn't look so evil. He almost looks druidic, but he's too evil looking, like a chaos druid or something like yeah. that. It's, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Warhammer art is 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 always super super cool, but there's some really good renderings of him and I also love like all the motifs of like these giant bells that uh like the the bell that they build in Total War Warhammer 2, which is just like the size of a building to basically summon their god to the world is just it gives me <laughs> chills every time I see it. 
They used to have a giant cup and string, but that wasn't yeah. working well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 just install it inside like a clapper. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> just repurpose it. <laughs> uh, so the Horned Rat is infinitely patient, an insidious evil that gnaws on the edges of reality since the earliest times. So this is kind of reference to him being an actual god. He's always been around. Uh, whether he created rats in his image or he's come to take on the image of a rat, impossible to tell. Okay. Worship of him, worship of the horned rat, is not subject to debate. All Skaven revere him. Uh, it is fear which drives them. For the lord of the world below's viciousness does not spare his vermin children. Uh, he is a angry, petty god, and he will kill Skaven if he feels like it. How can he manifest? If does, can he still manifest without the bell? It's just like, or just like he causes unfortunate accidents it, or it, something like that. The bell is like literally to like draw him physically forward into this okay. realm. He still has immense power as a god of the realm, right. um, but it's kind of through uh, the winds of magic and chaos uh, that he does so. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely has a lot of power, especially over the Skaven who believe him. It seems kind of like where belief is strong, power is stronger as well. So okay, yeah. They say if you see one vermin or one skaven in your house, that somewhere deep down there is a horned rat. Like <laughs> exactly, there's hundreds of horned rats somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so um, you're you're a you know a good god fearing rat boy. Uh, I am. You're gonna pray to the horned god every single day. Um, each utterance, each prayer will be that of hate, envy, or malice. Kind of, kind of, you know, your choice depending on how your day is going, what you got planned for the day. <laughs> Uh, of all gods, the horned rat is known to directly answer the prayers of his worshippers. So you might pray, oh, I hope, you know, Jamie gets a goiter. Uh, and the horned rat might actually just straight up deliver. And give What's Jamie a goiter? A, it's like um, a benign tumor on your neck, in, your, in the glands of your neck. Oh, Whatever. those things. Yeah. Why oh, did yeah. you think of that? Why are you wishing that on me? <laughs> I'm not. Peter is. Peter's <laughs> oh, the rat boy God. praying to the horned god. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't know what a goiter was either. I would. I would probably wish for something equally as benign, but not like right, right under his face. That's ridiculous. Sure, sure. Pe <laughs> festering boils on the nipples. Then, uh, and <laughs> oh God, the the horned rat is known to answer the prayers of the worshippers directly. Uh, it lends a lot of credence to the belief in in him, obviously, because <laughs> uh, you know you wish uh, festering boils under someone's nipples, and the next day it happens. You're you're gonna like the. Uh be pretty devout probably the same day miracle delivery is yeah, just yeah. like amazon rat king <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when god replies to your emails in under 24 hours then yeah, you know yeah. you're doing good right yeah <laughs> yeah he obviously he doesn't he doesn't answer every single one but he answers enough that even ones which he didn't do like miracles which he didn't perform or like anti-miracles which he didn't perform they still will like attribute to him right like, I prayed for this to happen. It did happen, you know, not within 48 hours. It's not Amazon Prime next day delivery of my, on my miracle, but uh, it did happen. I'm still going to attribute it to him. Yeah, if you, it's kind of a, it's a good long scheme. It's a long con, which is very good for a rat man, is if you just make, if you just put in a little bit of work to make enough things come true, your followers will just start attributing your power to everything going forwards, and you never have to do anything again, except like a couple of maintenance boils exactly. like here and exactly. there, right? Ma maintenance boils is exactly uh, what maintenance this guy is up to. 
Okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> I was looking up pictures of the horned rat right underneath him. Is the Lady of Decay, which is the Lola Bunny version of him. Yeah, but her tits just like slid off her body after she rotted away, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't, uh, it wasn't Warner Brothers that took yeah. those. Well, yeah, in Warhammer Fantasy, she was still she was busty up top, but then in uh, Age of Sigmar, when they when they rebooted it, it was uh, you know they got rid of dump it. truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so blood sacrifices, you guys might guess, are pretty commonplace in the Under Empire. Uh, the Horned Rat demands them. The uh, Just like the old saying goes, blood for the blood god, rats for the rat god. Okay. Uh, the Skaven, naturally, fear their malevolent god uh, and feel that if they do not satisfy the Horned Rat's appetite, he will devour his chosen children instead. So the form of the sacrifice, a captured enemy, a slave, or even another Skaven is unimportant as long as, you know, it's somebody's else, somebody else's neck and not yours. And you're, as long as you're making God happy, you don't care who else has got to bite the bullet for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that it's, it, he just need he just needs it to be happening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who. It's just, I'm hungry. Exactly. Send it. Exactly. He's like, I'm going to, you know, eat people who didn't who haven't done a sacrifice in too long so if you haven't done a sacrifice in a while you're going to want to sacrifice somebody because then he he eats and he's not targeting you all right can you convert to uh horned ratism <laughs> i've never i uh, in all my readings i've never read an account of another race turn uh, converting to horned horny rat but uh okay yeah <laughs> but um i guess uh, in theory it'd be possible if you could convince the skaven to keep you alive for long enough because it happens in real life in hostage scenarios sometimes. It's, it's been reported a few times where, like, if you've been kidnapped by radicals of some description, if you just join them, they won't kill you. Uh, yeah. so, radicals. Radicals. Oh, yeah, I guess that, that, was, that was a mistake. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Like, some little terrier working on a farm kills enough vermin that it accidentally triggers a blood sacrifice to the blood god. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the president gets like a VHS of like some guy tied to a chair saying how well the rat people are treating him. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. like, he, he's got a big beard now and yeah, he's yeah. just like a convert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's worth a try. If you're if you're ever being uh, swarmed by rat people, I figure it's probably worth a try. Okay. So you have to figure out it's for sacrifice, though. Yeah. So yeah. the... Um, the number of sacrifices varies. Uh, they never, they very rarely don't sacrifice people. They very rarely release the hostages. Um, but the sacrifices will go up if the rats are trying to do more than than uh, maintenance sacrifices. I guess like kind of like the god is doing uh, maintenance boils. The rats are doing maintenance sacrifices where they're just keeping God happy enough to not kill all of okay, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're trying to do more than just keep the bloodthirst at bay. Um, They'll, they'll increase the numbers. Uh, basically, they'll, they'll pump those rookie numbers up. Thousands of Skaven can be slaughtered daily, uh, turning the sprawling cities of Skaven Blight and Hell Pit into abattoirs, uh, with the streets running red with viscera and gore at times of war. Um, if there's ever, like, a big blunder, like if there's ever, if it ever turns out that the, uh, the rat president, you know, uh, slept with an intern and then lied about it under oath... Uh, they'd probably try and increase the number of, of sacrifices to keep the, the horned god happy. Um, like, the, hor- the horned god is what going to like leak those documents to the rat media. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, to keep that quiet. Exactly. Uh, and uh, it, it keeps going, too. So they could be at war and, you know, daily sacrifices will be up. Uh, but if they ever like lose a battle, that'll also increase like a sudden spike in, in, um, in sacrifices just to just it's- to keep themselves safe. 
dying in battle in service to the horned rat does that count as like a passive sacrifice like as a glory <laughs> thing or does that count as a loss that you then need to sacrifice another squadron to yeah it's it's completely a loss if if the battle oh, if the battle was lost it was all for nothing essentially uh there's no mention of an afterlife either so why all these people are doing it or why all these rat people are doing it it's you know up for debate but um they're not even martyrs like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So, so the gray, the gray seers, the priest class that I mentioned before, preach that victory can only be achieved by the providence of the horned rat. Any defeat or failure is surely a sign that the god is not appeased. So, no matter how many of them them died, there's no such thing as a valiant defeat. It's no, you failed. Uh, probably the rest of like any survivors of the battle would be killed, and then probably also additional sacrifices. So the Grey Seers and whoever is fighting the Skaven kind of agree on the t- the subject of, like, there is no such thing as too many dead Skaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like this weird common ground between their enemies and their priests. Yeah, I, so, and I mean, you get this a lot when you play as Skaven in, in Total War and with a lot of the, the fiction. There is a lot of, again, infighting within the Skaven. For sure. There's different clans within the Skaven and the Grey Seers, the priest class, is kind of their own their own clan where they're shrouded in secrecy and they're wielders of powerful magic. And they obviously know the will of the horned rat, but uh, someone from like Clan Pestilence, a war leader, might, you know, just just believe in the good old fashioned get your uh, roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty method of uh, overtaking the surface worlders. Okay. So in the eyes of the Grey Seers, the Skaven are not so different from many other races in Warhammer. Uh, heresy is rooted out and expunged. Rats are expected to attend mass. Um, there's, they, they don't do like attendance or anything, but like mass is a compulsive part of being a Skaven is going to church and listening to the gray seers, uh, preach. Atheists, uh, quickly become prime candidates for sacrifice. Of course. Um, just like in real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now, now we'll talk about the, the gray seers a bit more here. Cause uh, they're pretty interesting, and I, I have another quote for you guys. This one's from Stefan Paulus Adelhoff, scholar of Wolfenberg, uh, and this is from the second edition fantasy roleplay, Children of the Horned Rat. The most fervent servants of the Horned Rat are known as Grey Seers. Raised from birth to serve their unholy master, the Grey Seers are the spiritual advisors of the Skaven legions. They commune with their Horned God, offering advice and seemingly daring their leaders to discount it in favor of their own plots and plans. Who can argue with the will of a god? Who would risk his wrath by ignoring his emissaries? Um, so kind of just like a little insight into there's infighting between like the clans and the Grey Seers and clan rats and Grey Seers, but also within the Grey Seers, like they're always vying to be like daddy's number one priest boy. Uh, and like pitting each other against each other and like, like, Hey, did you hear there's a new scripture? You got to preach at mass. Like, and then that's just like dissing the horned God and it just gets him killed or something. He's like, haha, now I'm the, I'm the number one, you know? Okay. All those, all those like famous, like cardinal pranks of the, the history of the papacy yeah. we're all familiar with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, climbing the ladder through chaos. Yeah, it's like oh, I swapped out your sir. I swapped out his sermon today with something actually insulting the horned rat. He'll yeah. never know. He's just on autopilot this early. Yeah, yeah. Swap. I put vinegar instead of holy water into that kid's baptizing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rat Ble- baptized in vinegar is awful. Bleached rats. Yeah, They're just like <laughs> I, I swapped out the communion wine for just dwarf blood instead of the blood of our God. Huh? <laughs> 
so the Grey Seers of the Priesthood are, as we know now, the chosen people of the Great Horned Rat. Each of them is gray-furred, and they all preach the promise of death and destruction. They wield the destructive power of their god, able to channel eldritch energies to level armies with lightning or summon forth swarms of clan rats. The gray seers are the ones who really want to summon forth their god and bring him into the material world uh, to bring about enough destruction to summon the horned rat to this realm uh, and to ride his coattails to world domination and be, again, daddy's little helper at the end of the world. I mean, total war. In Total War, do you actually get to summon this guy? Yeah, when you when you win the Vortex campaign as the Skaven, it's like you you complete the the Bell of Awakening, you harness the power of the Vortex to power it, and then you you summon the Horned Rat forward. Do you get to fight with him a little bit or what? No, no, that's uh, the game ends. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's the that's the victory screen. Is like you did it. Everybody's gonna die now. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> That'd be exciting. I thought all these gray furs, like if you had enough of them in one place popping off just enough, like the the chaos would summon it and you could just fight <laughs> in a battle with a god. Like, maybe three. Cool. Yeah. Maybe three. But the uh, Skaven aren't yet a playable race in three. So I'm excited for Total War Warhammer 3, but I am disappointed I won't get to play as my rat boys. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet, maybe. Uh, so spiritual leaders of the Under Empire, the Gracers are born with grayer or white fur and small horns, which mark them from birth as members of the priest caste. Oh, so they are, like, blessed. They're kind of like angels, basically. They, they're, they're, they're born li- that way. They're literally chosen people, like, cho- yeah, chosen okay. of God to be to okay. be his priest class. You gotta imagine there's a little bit of jealousy there. Like, a little bit of child killing might happen here and there. I'm sure a ton of it does. Um the young cleric. Do they have like a rat ultrasound machine? Do you know in advance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't, you have a you have a litter of a bunch of rats, right? Like, oh, wouldn't that be terrible? You've got like a bunch of little rat babies, and then one like super buff gray rat with horn babies. It's just right. like, oh Ima- yeah, I guess that's the good one. Imagine the opposite. Imagine nine like horn buff babies, and then just one normal baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's yeah. line, line that one up for the sacrifice uh, for the sacrifices for sure. Uh. The so the young clerics once they're born they're they're marked right away they're they're kind of whisked away I don't think there's strong familial bonds in the the world of the Skaven but even at that these ones are taken away from whatever kind of family they might have had uh, taken to relatively sheltered parts of the under under empire closed off from their clan rat brethren where they learn the lore of the ruin uh, th- essentially they go to Ratwort's school of witchcraft and wizardry. <laughs> um, where they're all kind of learning together. Uh, lore of Ruin is basically a spellcasting class in in Warhammer. Uh, since we are the lore boys, uh, it would be wrong to not cover a couple of the different lores. So we're going to go for a bit into just more general uh, Warhammer setting because I don't know. I I know I talked about the age of uh, the Winds of Magic during the Age of Sigmar episodes. But I don't quite remember how deep we went into it, and it's been a while, so I'll give you guys a refresher anyway, and I think we'll end up going a bit deeper this time. So, Cool. So magic and spellcasting and, uh, you know, potions that can turn you into a girl to sneak into the girl's bathroom and such uh, in, the, <laughs> in the Warhammer universe is governed by something called the Winds of Magic. Uh, without going too deep into this, uh, we'll also kind of skim over this. Um, they're called uh, the winds of magic are called Aether and Elvin, or like Aether, um, or simply just magic by the layman. Nobody, nobody in the day to day would call them winds of magic. It's very pretentious. 
Um, oh, uh, yeah. You'd say it if you were, like, reading a book at a cafe. Exactly. Right? But and if, then the rat waitress comes to ask you what you're reading. You're like, it's the winds of magic. Yeah, exactly. But if you're at the if you're at the bar with your homies, you're, you're just calling it magic. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, okay. You're, Word. I cast a Can't, wicked okay. spell the other day. <laughs> Can't wait to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these, the winds of magic, they're invisible currents of energy flowing across the mortal realm, seeping through from the realm of chaos. This invisible force can be harnessed by those attuned to uh, it, and a skilled sorcerer can manipulate the very fabric of reality. The winds enter our world through two gates to chaos, located at the north and south poles, and flow towards and uh, the winds flow towards the Isles of Ulthuan, where the excess magic is drained into a perpetual maelstrom known as the Vortex. So the Vortex campaign from Total War, it's literally where like all magic goes to die returned from whence it came whatever just be used up be expended in this it's like basically like a hundreds of kilometers wide storm that just rages perpetually uh at at the center of kind of like this ringed island um that's where it all goes to dump and so in the vortex campaign everybody is trying to harness that power for different reasons okay cool Uh, i thought it was like a skaven specific thing because like a rat drain is a very like sewer themed thing or a magic drain is very sewer themed so the fact that the rats kind of worship that is on brand yeah yeah they don't worship the vortex uh in the campaign they actually get um they get an omen that make that tells them the time is right to make a make an attempt at the vortex they understand they understand it's a lot of power but they don't necessarily worship in any way they you know it's a a tool more than anything okay so the winds of magic they they enter as um as you know, kind of this force, and they can be split into eight identifiable flavors of magic. Uh, that's Azir, the blue wind, the lore of the heavens, Akshi, the red wind, the lore of fire, Shaman, the yellow wind, the lore of metal, Gur, the brown wind, the lore of beasts, Giran, <laughs> the green wind, the lore of life, Hish, the white wind, the lore of light, Shyish, the purple wind, the lore of death, and Ulgu, the Grey Wind, the Lore of Shadow. Now, the observant listener may, may exclaim, but where is the aforementioned Lore of Ruin, right? He did, this, guy, this guy didn't even mention it. Yeah, the heck. This guy did all Teacher. this stuff, and now you're going to mention the friggin' Lore of Ruin? Tuition here at Rat Warts ain't cheap. Why don't we get when we get into the Lore of Ruin? <laughs> yeah, it turns, out, it turns out Rat Warts is just a big pyramid scheme. You're not learning anything. <laughs> It's all made Something's up. off here. It smells like brown wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just gur. It's the gur room. <laughs> Did somebody pass gur? Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, the very observant listeners uh, who remember our Age of Sigmar episodes might remember those eight uh, descriptors for wind as the eight realms in Age of Sigmar. They become individual realms during the uh, Age of Sigmar canon uh oh yeah because like there's Ar- archaeon causes the end times and like resets the universe right yeah kind of in a way yeah sigmar ends up like reforming things and finding uh finding yeah. places anyway that's just a, a little bit for the for the darnells out there who actually remember stuff that we talked about more than a month and a half ago <laughs> <laughs> so uh where's lore of ruin it's kind of uh not there right it's uh it's just not listed so those eight um, those eight winds make up what are called uh, Keish, uh, which is known as high magic, which is like 
fancy magic that elves use. Um, Kesh is the use of the eight winds in harmony to create incredibly powerful spells. Some of the most powerful spells that you can make uh, require high magic specifically, uh, which is like a balancing act of which winds are hitting you at any given moment. So all magic in Warhammer Tabletop and Total War uh, and uh, even in... um, in Vermintide, there's an expansion called the Winds of Magic, which affects you know how much you can cast spells and stuff, uh, because it, it all depends. Like, is the wind coming at you right? It's kind of like having your sails full uh, versus having your sails kind of you know fluttering a bit. Um, okay, you need the wind cool behind set. you to cast spells, and balancing the different winds to create the spells you want is the art of Cache, the art of high magic. Cool. Uh, all right. What uh, what magic is the stun seed in? The stun seed. Uh, I'll say it backwards. It's D's nuts. That's our show, folks. Uh, it's been a great time having you on. Uh, we'll never do this again. That's uh, that's it. Wow, we had an all right run. This is about the four-year episode, which I don't think we've mentioned at all. Oh, and uh, Jamie officially killed me. I'm actually dude, was- <laughs> actually dead. I'm actually Fucking worth it, dude. Dude, I, I gotta agree. I gotta agree, man. That was perfect. Was... Going out on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so Keish, uh, is the use of the winds in harmony, while they can be used in harmony, they can also be used in deliberate discord. Ask any rat where the magic comes from, and they'll tell you that the Underlord, the horned rat, is the gift of their power. You know, they're good Christians. They're going to say, God gave it to me. Uh, the truth is, though, that they, like everybody else, pull their magic from... Uh, the Winds of Magic, they just pull it from the counterpart to Kesh, what is known as Dar, or Dark Magic. Okay. Where High Magic is they're the... the uh, oh, so, sorry, the Winds of Magic is only 2,000 years old crowd, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so where High Magic is the... Oh, sorry, I, did I read that? No. High Magic is the act of using winds in a balanced, focused manner. Dar is reckless. It's just like pulling whatever winds at you at any given time, and your spells come out all messy and, and disformed usually at terrible cost to both the caster and the people being casted on. Uh, it's unbalanced, grasping, and usually dangerous for friend and foe alike. While Kesh is the perfect balance of the eight winds, Dar is the rough and force- forceful mashing together of eight winds into something workable. Uh, okay. You know, Kesh is like Michelangelo with a block of marble. Dar is like a three-year-old with six different colors of Play-Doh at his disposal. You know? Just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Getting all those things rolled together into one bad boy. And you have one gerwad of Play-Doh in the middle of the room. Exactly. Yeah. Mashed into the carpet. Yeah. Time and a place for both, I guess. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dar's like a club, indiscriminate, where Cache is like an arrow, precise. Okay. Uh, it's this form of magic, obviously, that the Skaven use. Uh, as with all dark magic, Skaven spellcasters must pay a price to cast their spells. Horrible mutations, deformities, and sicknesses go hand-in-hand with casting spells using Skaven magic or really Dar magic at all. That's why Chaos Warriors tend to be these, like, bloated things with these horrible tongues coming out of their side of their head and everything. Uh, It's because they're being deformed by the very essence of raw, (laughs) unchanneled magic. The Skaven government started to put labels on, like, dark spell books where it's just, like, <laughs> it's like a picture of a guy with two tongues, and it's just, it's like the warning on a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. uh, a guy with two tongues, yeah. Um, using using Dar might make you popular with the ladies, I guess. Oh! <laughs> what? 
these nuts, James. That's what. Oh, you got me. I got it. Just a quick aside. Show's still on. I may have... I may have mentioned this in the past. I know a guy who works for the, like, or used to at least, the photography studio that made the photos that the Canadian government would put on packs of cigarettes. Oh, yeah? Huh. Yeah. Just take a picture, like, take a pictures of uh, diseased people's throats and such? So some, of them were, some of them were props, and, like, yeah, exactly. So uh, Jamie's got one on screen here. It's just a guy, that's like a real dude who has the throat surgery, yeah. but it was just, like, taken in a studio. And some looks of them like are a props. working teacher or something. Yeah, it okay. looks like a shop teacher <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, actually, this is a pack of smokes. I bought it two and a half, maybe three weeks ago, and I haven't opened it. I stopped smoking, but I have it just. A, it's like a, a safety net. Well, it's there. Now, now that we're talking about it, everybody uh, who's listening to our show while driving and who also smokes is pulling out a cigarette. So <laughs> <laughs> enjoy, enjoy. Um, so, uh, yeah, a little inconsistency in the lore, which I wasn't able to needle down on. Um, we got the lore of Ruin. I think this might be an Age of Sigmar versus Total War Warhammer Fantasy, but I can't figure out where the split happens or which one's which. Uh, so in, like, Total War, for example, it's the lore of, of Ruin. Um, in the 2019 Battle Tome, it's called the lore of Ruin. But in other versions, it seems to be either broken down into three separate lores or they just don't mention the lore of ruin in those ones it might be a newer addition I'm, I'm just not sure so the three other lores of skaven magic is the lore of plagues the lore of stealth and the lore of the warp um oh yeah oh okay the the warp fire is the green fire right yeah yeah and we'll we'll right. get into warp yeah. stones warp itself is the chaos realm like in 40k you travel to warp uh, to traverse great distances, um, and all all magic, the winds of magic, come from the realm of chaos. So all all magic is is kind of made up of this this stuff called warp. Um, okay. In, in in a certain sense, we'll we'll talk about a, a bit more uh, in a few paragraphs here. I couldn't tell whether ruin, like I said, is another name for warp, is a fourth one all on its own, or if ruin is kind of a catch all term for the three plague, stealth, and warp. Don't need to worry about it too much. All to say. Okay. Yeah. If somebody I've at home knows. I've been harnessing the lore of boys, which actually makes you breathe out your nose on your way to work. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> you're, it's, you're it's laughing. Like a small laugh. yeah. Yeah. It's a small laugh. Oh. It's, not a, it's not a ha-ha laugh. It's just a... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Working on it. I, I got to get my sails in the right direction. So maybe I'll get <laughs> it. I do appreciate that Peter attempted the breathe out through the nose. Like that was going to come through on the audio medium. But... Yeah, my pop filter stopped it, so it was a good <laughs> test. Uh, yeah, so I guess if anybody at home, and I'm, I'm sure somebody does know the difference between Ruin and the other three, you can let me know um, on the Discord. The lore of Plague is, as you might guess, used by Plague Priests of Clan Pestilence. Specializing in matters of disease and decay, this lore is designed to sow death, decay, and grief among the enemies of the Skaven. As a mortal succumbs to a lore of plague ailment, they will exalt the power and majesty of the horned rat as a bringer of plagues. So if a uh, plague priest casts a, casts a spell on you um, and gives you, you know, uh, festering boils for nipples, you will, as, as it, the, it kind of spreads through your body and, and you know, continues to, to rack through you, um, you'll start to exalt the the horned rat you'll you'll start like speaking in tongues to the greatness of the horned rat as your your body uh, succumbs to the magic 
That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like, we it's, honestly, we were putting leeches on him every night. We thought the boils were benign, but now he's praying to the horned rat. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's gone too far, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as a plague priest grows in power, they will find their body ravaged by the magic they use. Maggots, festering boils, and rotting appendages like those suffered by lepers rack his body. While allowing access to powerful spells, there is no doubt that every spell cast also brings the practitioner's closer to death yeesh yeah so it's not uh you know dar is not a fun magic to use it's a lot of mutations things like that and you know lore of plague kind of makes you pretty plagued by, by i mean things. they they're probably okay with it considering all the sacrifice to the horned rat it's just like every spell is just you know one step closer to the edge and i'm about to break yeah <laughs> In the in Steven Erickson series you read, I, I remember there's this one character, I can't remember the context of it, but just channeled way too much ma- magic and like the bronchide, and it was kind of like a, a melted mess with like mangled arms and like an eye sticking out the side. And yeah, that's it, um a lot of the, the crippled god the crippled god is the name of the the god in that series who he's kind of like anathema to magic in, in a lot of the same right. ways that the horned rat or chaos would be. And people, when they use his magic too much, same thing. They just like destroy their bodies because he's from a completely different reality and existence. And it's just like breathing straight poison. Uh, it's like when you're smoking awesome. cigarettes, dude, you look real cool whenever you're in, in grade <laughs> 11, but by the time you're 40, you got a wallet for a face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next uh, lore is the lore of stealth. It takes less toll on the users, or very little, I should say. This is a this was a weird. This is a weird one. It's used by oh, it's the a cl- fate. yeah. It's used by the clan known as Clan Eshin. It's used to augment stealth, speed, and strength of foot soldiers. It seems to be like buffing magic. Uh, the secrets are closely guarded by Clan Eshin, so so much so that few know if it's actually magic or if it's just like they're ninjas and they're really good at being ninjas and that they have good training camps. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> so. I like that. <laughs> uh, it's fi- the Master Splinter one, basically. It's but it it just makes assassins. Can they yeah. turn invisible or anything? Or yeah, so I mean they can. There is actual magic that that goes in hand with them. Okay. They do run okay. faster for sure. Um, it's the arms out behind them, like Naruto. That's, like Naruto, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the secret <laughs> that they won't share with the other rat clans. Yeah, David Blaine. He could stay under the water real long. Real magic or training. Fire David. <laughs> What kind of rat is David Blaine? Uh, <laughs> uh, so finally, the lore of the warp is the true domain of the Grey Seers. This is kind of why I thought it might be another word for the lore of the rune, because it said the Grey Seers train in the lore of the rune. Lore of the warp allows Skaven sorcerers to cast spells from either of the other lores, so lore of stealth or lore of plague. Grey Seers can cast spells from those, those lores, as well as harness some unique spells. The older and more practical practiced a sorcerer of the lore of the warp becomes the longer their horns become uh and the more dependent they become on something called warp stones so now i got my final quote for you guys and we're going to talk a bit about warp stones and then we're going to wrap this up and leave the rest for another episode of the lore boys Ooh, uh, cool. you mean that when you threatened to end the show with d's nuts that was a that was a, that was a jape you were lying well then i said d's nuts back to jamie and i said you know what the show's back on because i oh, can't yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly Short balance in the world everything is fine yeah, yeah, yeah. every time <laughs> you use a d's nuts joke you shrivel up a little bit inside yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> every time i use a d's nuts joke i get a new mole on my back 
<laughs> it's a minefield back there. Yeah, it's, it's, oh god, it's pretty rough. It's like the night sky. Um, <laughs> don't don't Jesus. yuck, don't yuck my back, Peter. It's beautiful. <laughs> the night sky is beautiful. Yeah, dude. Wow, Peter, Peter, poo pooing the constellations over here. Somebody's pretty high and mighty, huh? Okay, <laughs> I'd take a dipper down there and check what it's about, man. Take a dipper. <laughs> So here's a quote for you guys. This okay. one's this one's from Narshift, uh, a warlock engineer of Clan Scryer, uh, which is a clan of, of Skaven. This is from, again, the uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 2nd Edition. This is the Old World Beast Cherry. Most precious of all substances, the pulse of our life. If the horned rat is our father, then surely Warpstone is our mother. Its uses are infinite, like the heart of an endless fire, it is. Even the smallest of pieces will continue to give power indefinitely, allowing many of our devices to become somewhat portable. Warpstone fire can not only consume a substance, substance, but actually change its structure to far more than just burned due to exposure to its holy flames. Weapons made from warpstone produce their own poison. A warpstone charm brings real luck, changing what was to be to what might have been with none the wiser. So where does it come from? There are those among the more superstitious of our folk and a few foolish gray seers that believe Warpstone is the leavings of the horned rat. I subscribe to the secular view that it is chunks of the dark moon, Morskrit, which has managed to gift us with pieces of its essence. Danger it is to touch Warpstone often, but that's what slaves are for. Yes, yes? It's Warpstone, Gromit. <laughs> yeah, Warpstone, Gromit. <laughs> Okay, well that's pretty wild. So um, that that's it, it adapts to whatever you build it into, basically. So the intent of the person making the thing is what warpstone does. So like poison knife, lucky charm. Yeah, kind of. It, again, it's it's just like it's able to be used in a ton of different ways, um, and the like. The truest nature of it is pretty indeterminate in the in the canon. So okay. Um, it can do a whole lot of stuff and it, it, it glows pretty green. So all the, uh, all the green tech that you see in, in Skaven technology, that's all warp stone that's, that's being used essentially. Yeah. I do love that he describes their technology as somewhat portable. So they've reached the, whatever the world war two backpack cell phone basically. And it's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Is it only like wieldable by like those who have that type of dar magic? Yeah. So pretty much it's it's kind of concentrated magic like it's you're mainlining the winds of magic whenever you use this stuff uh it's just it seems like it's probably just highly toxic to most other people um that like he says at the end that's what slaves are for is to collect the warp stone because you can't touch it too much or it'll just give you those kind of festering boils the sickness (laughs) um because it's not it's not organized like cache like the the ordered magic high magic it seems to just be like raw jammed into a play-doh into the carpet it's okay. while they're mining it it's just turning it into whatever they want it to be so it's like you hit it with a mining pick and all the rubble are tiny mining picks or <laughs> <laughs> yes finally enough mining pits for my brethren <laughs> but they're little they're like keychain like size <laughs> it's an army of rats i guess just get smaller rats even are to scale they're just yeah. they're rat size <laughs> uh so after leaving the polar gates some magics do not make it to the vortex 
Some of the energy is too potent to be divided into winds by contact with the physical world and instead hardens in a glowing green crystal. Um, again, anybody familiar with the look of the Skaven, there's a lot of green in there. It's all typically warp stone that makes that green. Oh, okay. And cool. think of, I guess, the winds of magic, like the uh, album of Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, uh, with you know the pure white light coming out of the polar gates uh, as just white light. When it hits the material realm, that's the crystal, the diamond, and it's it refracts into the eight winds of magic, the eight flavored winds of magic. But some of it, that white light is just like too potent, too strong to be divided. Uh, it won't it won't split apart. Uh, and that usually ends up forming into this residual warp stone, essentially. Okay. So it's uh, like waste magic, basically, that crystallizes and like collects like underworld divides. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd say waste because it's never really used, but you got the gist of it right. Like that's the that's the sense of it. Is it, it's just like a different form where it's kind of coalesced into this highly usable uh, type of magic, but like so concentrated, it's dangerous. Okay. Don't eat too much uh, calcium. You get warp stones and you have to pass them. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> so warp stone is obviously exceedingly rare and highly sought after uh, because of its its uses in magic. Skaven aren't the only race to use it. Um, they're usually like the evil races that are using it because they're the ones using dark magic. There was one account of a, of a dwarf who uses Warpstone to create a crown and instantly is like, well, this was a fucking bad idea and builds like a mega vault to seal it away for all time because it's a, an instrument of terrible destruction as soon as he builds it. He's That's like, pretty great. <laughs> every dwarf, every dwarf doesn't, like the dwarves don't t- trust Warpstone. They, they don't use it, all this stuff. And then one dwarf is like, no, no, I think I can handle it. And as soon as he was done, he just like leaves the shop. He's like, whew, do not go in there. You guys were right. <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, so made of undiluted source of the undi- undiluted source of all magic, magicians, alchemists, sorcerers all seek out Warpstone for its abilities to turn lead into gold, to heal the sick, and to implement microchips into people's arms to make them into cancerous 5G hotspots, of course. <laughs> like us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Warpstone is at its core coalesced dar, dark magic. Um, it's specifically not cache light magic because it, it comes through basically already already blended already made into soup and like i said it never splits when it when it coalesces so uh you can't you don't really find warpstone of like the the good equivalent of warpstone uh in the world okay it seems like magic is just like way too powerful and hitting the prism of the natural world like filters it out a bit so you you know it's like you can't drink pure alcohol because you'll go blind <laughs> but if you like filter it down a bit you water it down then it's then it's better whereas the warp stone itself is basically like 99 proof hillbilly moonshine and yeah. that's why the rats love it it's like it's like they there's basically like a sift at the top of the world where the magic is all pouring out and there's like some holes yeah. there's a lot of holes in the sift like it's old it's used uh and like the force of the the magic coming through is keeps punching holes in this sift um and where the holes are punched it comes through as like pure warpstone uh and the rest of it manages to sift it properly into its different aspects of magic right so it comes through very often powdered like it coalesces but it's extremely extremely fine it's like dust powdered warpstone is sometimes brought south on unnatural winds carrying with it a terrifying storm of dark magic that wreaks destruction and chaos uh it's basically a 
uh evil sandstorm digga 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 damn yeah <laughs> <laughs> is it not those tornadoes that jamie was talking about earlier does it no i mean those those seem to be spells cast by the the um the chaos sorcerers it's probably okay. you know directly tied to it because they're using dar so the same kind of essence right um, okay you know maybe inspired by it but yeah they're, they're they're naturally occurring they're not brought on by anybody just like enough sandstone particles get caught in a, in a gust of breeze and they're creating the sandstorm but because they're so magical and there's so much magical energy in one place it can like bend and alter reality where it passes right like it okay. can just like shred things and and cause general uh havoc dar rude more yeah. like yeah <laughs> Uh, much more common than spreading on sword on storms. It seems the warp stone uh, seems to get up somewhere pretty high, uh, and then eventually will fall back to Earth in the form of meteorites that have broken off the Chaos Moon Morseleb called Morsegrit by the Skaven. Um, so the the secular view that Narshift, the warlock engineer of, of Clan Skyre, uh, Skryer, had seems to be the the correct one where there is a green moon in uh warhammer fantasy that sometimes appears and it seems to be that's the source of all warpstone or the major source of all warpstone on the world is it seems to collect on this moon and then periodically break off and just rain down magic rocks okay it's like the warpstone garbage oh. island where it's just like collecting because of the wind basically the air currents and just like turns into a giant moon and then rains down sometimes exactly exactly that. okay I took a drink for Magic Rock. <laughs> I said it. Oh yeah, that's Pete, true. Pete started talking. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I got I wrote this whole this whole episode, and it didn't even occur to me once Magic Rock until I just said it." And I was like, "Oh yeah, this is something we used to drink for every yeah. time we said it on the show because it happens so goddamn often." Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got we got to Magic Rocks in in Warhammer if we didn't already in one of the other episodes. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yep. And there's storms of it all over the place. Instead of uh, knocking a tree down onto your shed, it'll just reorganize your drill bits where they should be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Where's my 19 millimeter? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Morsegrit is, is this moon. It's called Morsegrit by the Skaven. It's called Morsleb by most of the other races. Don't know why the, the Skaven decided to call it something different, but they do. Uh, it's an erratic moon of the Warhammer world. Like I said, it glows green in the sky and appears larger or smaller completely unpredictably. So sometimes it's very big, sometimes it's very small. The larger it appears, the greater the misfortune it heralds. Uh, okay. I mentioned the start of the Skaven campaign in uh, Total War. Uh, there's an omen. It's it's Morskrit appearing in the sky as a very large thing. And the Skaven are like, now's the time to take the vortex and, and summon the, the Great Horned Rat. Rat horoscopes are fucking wild, probably, if the moon's a different <laughs> right. shape all the time. <laughs> well, you, you're always asking people, like, oh, what, what zodiac sign are you? What year were you born? And they're like, I was born in the year of the rat. And they all say that. It's very confusing. <laughs> uh, so the Skaven believe, it, it's part of their belief, that the, uh, the moon is made entirely of warpstone. Uh, whereas some of the other races believe it's made of cheese or other things. Oh my god! Uh, and the rats don't even think it's made out of cheese. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, didn't I didn't connect that one. I didn't. Um, the art man do though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all the all the races seem to have their kind of idea of what of what the moon is. I think it's it's pretty funny and interesting that the Skaven are the ones that like they got it right. They're like, no, that's pure warpstone, baby. They just like know how to recognize it with their beady black eyes. I love the idea of like a like 
scientific convention of like astronomers where the one guy who is like the naysayer on the moon being made of cheese is the rat in the room (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like plastered all over newspapers like his controversial opinion like going against everything that everyone presupposed about him (laughs) Dr. Radicus Finch says moon not made of cheese (laughs) (laughs) um so to the Skaven, Morskrit is a symbol of the horned rat. It's there to reward his children. It rains down, you know, uh, magic rocks, which give them power uh, occasionally, which just proof pudding. That's pretty good. Like, that's not even a, uh, that's not even like a religious thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, if no. somebody doesn't believe that, they're cl- there's clearly something wrong with them. Uh, uh, my religion says that the moon is made of cheese. I think your religion's pretty stupid. It's literally raining brie right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> you just got you just got hit in the head by a double cream, dude. What do you mean you don't believe it? <laughs> it like lands on the lawn. It's like, ah, oh, you could never explain that. Uh, yeah, it's just like having a, having a barbecue. It starts to rain. You open up your burger, slice of American cheese, just like slap <laughs> slap on top of the patty. <laughs> Hmm, no, that's a coincidence. Uh, I must have left some cheese up in that tree. It just fell down. I don't know. <laughs> uh, brush all the cheese off your car in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chipping it all off. Yeah. Um. So more scraper, you got a, a specialized cheese knife for your windshield. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. But you'd have the brush, the same brush, but on the other end, it would be like the round cheese knife, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You could get like. Like flip it, flip it off the windows. The end, the end of the, the end of the brush is just like a cracker with like little bits of cranberry embedded in it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Morskrit plays an important part in the Skaven celebration of Vermintide, uh, which is a celebration where they all gather every year in the undercity of Skaven Blight. All the clans get together for the Vermintide. That's why you you recognize the green moon and and the bells from the start of the. Um, vermintide tutorial i think in vermintide one they maybe show the moon more i i don't remember specifically it's been a long time since i played so to the skaven warpstone is the gift of mana it rains down from the sky and drives their society in the skaven under cities warpstone is used for many things uh it's used as an additional source for their twisted magic it's used as a battery for their machinery and it's even used as a key ingredient in breeding and mutation experiments so they are Literally crushing this stuff up and uh, railing it off of each other's uh, dozen rat titties. Oh. <laughs> God, God. Uh, now, quite to a thing get it. Because they, have, they, have, they live in the undercities, right? Do they mine up to get it when it impacts the ground? Yeah, pretty much. They, uh, they, they, okay. they basically send people up to collect it. Um, that's, oh, that's true. They have the slaves. Never mind. Yeah, slaves, clan rats, stuff like that. They'll they'll go on like raids up to the top. There's other forces like the the forces of chaos, things like that, who will be probably competing for it. Uh, right. So then you'll, that's when you'll get like conflicts between the chaos and the skaven. At most, is is you know fighting over uh, scraps of warpstone essentially. The skaven usually come out at like three a.m. when everyone's sleeping, and then if someone turns the light on to go to the bathroom, they scurry back. They all, to their they all scurry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, don't leave your warpstone out on the stove overnight. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You just you open your cupboard and there's one in there just like chilling in a pot. You're like, son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Knocks it off the counter between the fridge and the counter and you're just like, that's just there forever now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they like to party with it. They will use it in kind of like experiments to try and create, you know, more powerful Skaven, see if they can get Gracie or stuff like that. 
Let me put some on my. Uh, l- l- let me just put some on my rat condom here. I, I maybe it'll give a nice tingling sensation. <laughs> like a, we should experiment with it sexually. Yeah. Uh, it feels like I'm getting boils in my nipples. Um, so actually, I have a funny story about a friend of mine here. Quick aside. Okay. He sure. bought. I don't, some, I don't like, get the. I don't get the transition, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh-oh. He, Other he, rats and fucking make me think of my friend. He bought <laughs> some. He bought some kind of like his and hers hot and cold mix the sensations lube sure. at some point that was supposed to, you know, just like give the guy one feeling because I think it was supposed to like numb the dick and then like make a tingling sensation in his girlfriend's vagina. Um, <laughs> I like turns sex, up- but do you ever feel like you just feel too much? Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was less intense, you know. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really understand. It, but it, it, it was like a Trojan brand, his and hers. Like sure. I remember seeing the bottle. Like he showed it to me afterwards. Okay. Turns out the chemical reaction uh, is not good for the human body, and <laughs> his girlfriend was like sick in quotes for something obscene, like. 12 days wow oh my God. yeah it was like a good. science experiment like uh one of those volcanoes they built down there right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah he put baking soda on his dick to yeah, like yeah. minimize the symptoms <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> it didn't inter- it did not interact well with the uh acidity yeah yeah <laughs> i think he listens to the show so like that's why i didn't use any names or anything like that but if he's listening to the show i i want him to know that i still remember that fucking story because it's one of the funniest things i've ever heard just like uh, my buddy whose grandmother told him his girl- ex-girlfriend had a new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Grandma. Yeah, uh, burns so worse. Uh, chemical burn to your genitals or your family members telling you about uh, your love interest finding a new boyfriend. <laughs> a chemical, sick burn. I'm going to say chemical burns. Yeah, both sick burns. Um, yeah. So this gave it an addition to... Uh, Using it as lube for their condoms, they'll also incorporate pieces of warpstone into their armor and jewelry to create powerful magic armor and uh, jewelry. It's used in magical potions, deadly poisons, and it is even so ubiquitous that warpstone tokens are traded as a form of currency. Okay, so they use it for... They have an entirely, like, warpstone-based society. Yeah, like, really, it, it's like it it pervades their society in every sense, and in, in a lot of ways, it kind of makes them one of the more magical races, even though... They're not known to have particularly strong sorcerers. Um, they, it's just the fact that like they're all exposed to it so often, they probably just have like a lot more like latent magic, I guess. Right. Um, but that's that's. I think that's a good place to probably wrap this one up. I'd love to do more uh, on the Skaven. I'd love to do you know the Lady of Decay that Jamie mentioned. Maybe some like actual history, like get into some timelines and their interactions with the other races. Uh, if you guys uh, want to hear that. You can let me know on the Discord. Uh, if you want to hear something else, you can let us know on the Discord. Thanks again to Handolo and Willie for the request. Um, there will be more to come soon. Uh, and yeah, if you need a link to the Discord, there is a link in the description of this episode. Or you can go to loreboys.com about to find all our contact info. Uh, don't message us on Twitter because nobody will see it. I check like once a month to clear the notifications and like people's posts that were tagged in. But like, right. I truly hate Twitter as a service. Um, I, and che- I check when we get the email saying somebody sent you a direct message. Then I'll, yeah, I'll like check us, Twitter. <laughs> us and like some old guy are the only people on earth with email notifications for Twitter still turned on. Because it's, <laughs> it's the only way we get the notices. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you like the show, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash the lore boys uh everybody who has ever donated you mean the world to us everybody who happens to be married to somebody who donates you mean the world to us too uh, <laughs> and uh yeah if you want to just talk to us and hang out you know you don't have the cash you don't have the capital uh come join the discord where we're not always on but we're on uh, a heck of a lot i'd say um and it's it's pretty active these days a lot of talk about comics and stuff that we three don't understand at all, but <laughs> people sure seem passionate about it. Throughout this episode, I think they're posting like things from the Star Wars canon that didn't make the cut, and uh, people are saying it's interesting. Stuff, again, I'm not super into, but I'm really cool. I'm really happy with them having their combos about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you want to join the combo, start your own, uh, head to the Discord. Uh, Pete and Jamie, is there anything you guys want to plug? Yeah, you can go at Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can get your title cards. Uh, that's where I get a lot of messages as well. And then just, of course, redirect. I just deflect to the Discord. I'm like, ah, they'll babysit each other. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, and then you can also check out my publisher, which is Squared Idea. Um, things coming down the pipe. That's all I can say right now. That's, that's it. all he can say. Yep. Oh, Peter, can't you tell us a bit more? It's about <laughs> dinosaurs. It's, oh. just not, it's just not out. That's it. It's done. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Yeah, get in that dick sword. I have a what? switch. I Discord, have but you Steam. The C and the S. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll share like my my game and tags with you guys once you get in here. We can play some games together. I know the Minecraft server we do have up and running, and we have at least a couple lore folk in there. It's a cool yep. little community. Uh, people getting to know each other, us getting to know you guys, and just come on, get in there. Why aren't you in there already? I also checked the notifications from there, and Bison's saying I, he wishes we had an automatic wheat farm. I think we did at some point, or at least I was working on it at one point. But I think Terry Terry has an automatic pumpkin farm. I know that much. The wheat farm, it's like one level. We can talk about it after the show, but must I think be. we do. We one. must have one here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, everybody, for all the continued support. Uh, if you, you know decide that you don't really trust patreon which who can blame you you know big patreon they're about just scheming rats they're scheming rats all of them uh we do have lower boys prime our uh, very uh, fine service that we've always offered from day one uh so you guys are, are familiar with uh the pied piper who uh would play the pipe and and get rats to to follow him around the sewers right. yep um, yeah, he got all the rats out of Ireland or something. Yeah, we're we're working on something similar uh, where we're trying to get all the rats into Canada. So there's a bunch of rats in the Atlantic Ocean that people don't know. Um, Jamie, could you queue up Sarah McLaughlin, Arms of the Angel? Uh, there's there's this swarm, an island, a garbage patch of rats, if you will, uh, set adrift in the Atlantic Ocean right now. Uh, and we're trying to save them. We need bells. So... You listeners at home, if you could send bells from your Christmas tree, bells from your bicycle, uh, go to your local service desk and take the little ring for service bell off there and send it our way. Because uh, we need to ring these bells and summon these rats out of the Atlantic Ocean, okay? it's uh, yeah. They're a danger to themselves and others at this point. And we might even get some from Britain. Did you know in uh, the UK, uh, the rats outnumber people eight to one? Oh, that's because they really? drove them all out of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Irish knew what they were doing. Huh? <laughs> I like to think that post-COVID, when uh, restaurants start opening up again, like, none of them have a service bell left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the hell did it go? People just slamming countertops, like, expecting yeah, there to be a <laughs> yeah. uh, And I think that would constitute a... 
Lore boys. Ding. Ding. Canadian lobby. My name's Ethan, and I'm but one of many Marcuses from Montreal. That, that, and that Marcus from Montreal is pretty sweet. He was, and then he had a friend from Toronto, and then there was me, and then the other guy was from New Jersey, which is kind of close to Canada. Yeah, quite close. Uh, my name is Pete. I've never been to New Jersey uh, or New York City. I've been to New York State, though. I have rich relatives in Syracuse. I've been to New York City, and the first time I went to New York City, we stayed in New Jersey because it's significantly cheaper. Ah, uh, yes. But the rich people, they, they look across the water at flashing green lights or something. I yeah, read that that's somewhere. Long Island you're thinking of. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it, and it's like above the titles that we're going to review at the end. Yeah, we're totally going to review so many titles like Lore Boys with Big Butts and They Cannot Lie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, are we sound checking or are you just yeah. talking like we're sound? Oh, hello, I'm James. <laughs> Ah, that was good. Um, I know that big butts cannot lie. Um, I'm can. much more of a fan of lying eyes. I'm watching you. Yeah. Fair, 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 fair.